0: Here now with the producer of the 2023 Grey Cup. And I am excited Sunday morning to go to a little breakfast uh, that is happening on the Hamilton Mountain. Congratulations going into the FRC Hall of Fame,
1: John Hines. Thanks, Marsh. I appreciate it. It's going to be quite a day. Uh, I always said since 2008, I get two Christmases every year one's Grey Cup Sunday, and one is the actual Christmas. And. This one might be even more special because I'll get to have a whole bunch of family there. So it'll be pretty cool.
0: No doubt. Family, friends, admirers, uh, anybody who has uh, worked with you throughout your career. I am very, very fortunate to work with you, continue to work with you, because I know when I got the job doing CFL and TSM play-by-play, Chris Cuthbert gave me a call and said, hey, buddy, come on over. We'll have lunch. We'll have a beer. Big Michelob Ultra guy uh, sat down and said, listen, here's the people you're going to be working with. And he's like, Heinze is such a tactician. He knows where to put it, when to put it, tells you, guides you, gets it in, gets it And I remember one of our first games working together, I just completely botched every in and every, and I'm just like, all right, well, that's a great start working with a guy who's been doing this forever with all the the legends of the sport. But you have been able to, I I think my experience, guide my eyes to the point where now, if I'm working a game, whether it's with you or not with you, and I see something that we miss, you and I were talking about in the hallway earlier this morning where it's like, we know, even though the viewer doesn't, he might have missed something and, and we hate it right because we have a vision of perfection in everything that we do no good, and, and no I, doubt i love that for you especially in a game like this that you've been doing such a great job on for so long
1: well um as you said though you'll never do the perfect game right, right? there will be mistakes at every position in every game it's just how do you adapt and roll with them so that's the hard thing about it um but you know the one thing about Grey cup that's totally different is just it's just facilities right? right you're looking at a whole bunch of different things that you don't look at in any other game of the year so it takes us myself and Andy the director Andy Boyukas who does an amazing job yeah. but he's he, you know he's working with 40 cameras right <laughs> he does he he did the playoff game last week with 15 now he's doing 40 <laughs> so i mean when you have that many more facilities it takes about a quarter yeah. to get back into your rhythm and considering it's been 365 days since you did a game with this many facilities, that's the hardest part. That and along with trying to balance what you give to the viewer based on two million people watching their only football game they watch all year yep. and they explain
0: the math on that because i think people don't realize the challenges that go into producing a game where yeah you've got your diehards but then as you say there's two million that don't usually watch correct
1: and you can't talk over their head or it makes that experience for them not a good day and not enjoyable and they'll just tune off or right. tune out right so it, i don't want to say we simplify it but Maybe in a regular season game when we would go into extra analysis, breaking down a play, which all of our analysts are terrific at, uh, in a Grey Cup game, you don't do that. You talk more bigger picture. We talk about, you know, when we set up our sideline reporters' stories, don't tell me something football-related. Tell me something about a player in this game that's not football-related. Right. So the the audience who don't watch a lot of football can still relate to this guy who's – you know grandmother came to his first ever game or whatever that storyline is because you know they're they're not diehard football fans. Right. They don't they don't understand completely breaking down plays, and we don't we don't want to do that in the Grey Cup anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. I I guess one more question on the challenges of it before we focus on the fun of doing all of this, right? Because it is supposed to be fun. At some hey, point. Oh, it's fun. David, yeah, hey. know it's work. I have always wondered this. I've been enamored by this forever. When you talk about 40 cameras that Andy's working with, and you're sitting in the the fighter pilot's chair and trying to make sure everything pieces together nicely, and you know I love when you don't realize that you have your your intercom on in in my headset and you're. I hear what's going on in the truck. It is mayhem for people that don't realize how calm and nice it seems on camera is that my dad was working in television in Kingston and I remember him directing a Santa Claus parade, okay? When you talk about Christmas. I thought that was crazy. There was seven cameras, maybe? How on earth do you, Andy, the people in the truck, the ISO, the this, the that, all the different cameras you have going, how do you watch 40 cameras at once and find a shot that can tell the story best? I find that to be... The most incredible thing, and you know, you pop in my ear again—the blessed life of the on-air guy—and you go, "Hey, replay, end cut, or hey, all twenty-four, or whatever it might be." You just feed it to us; we get to talk about it. We go back and we call the next play. In the moment, as the play is happening, you're literally watching forty screens. How the hell do you do that? Yeah, and. I wish I could say I am watching 40 screens
1: and so is Andy, but you, but he knows the nucleus of cameras that get him through his initial cuts after right. the play's over. From my standpoint, I know the machines I need to focus on. So two things about... Uh, what I do as the producer is I make the decision right away after the play's over. Are we going to go to a replay of what just happened? Are we going to tell a story? Do we have to get promotions in? There's all, are we going to graphics? So those decisions are made by me as soon as the play ends. So what I do is even though I've got 24 different cameras recording shooting the field, I'm watching mainly two of them. Yeah. One is the high end zone camera which shows you wide at the snap and always goes with the ball. The second one is the spider cam that goes over over top of the field because it's kind of a tighter version of that. It always goes with the ball as well. So I know that no matter what happens, those replays are good cuz they're going to they're going to follow the ball. Right. And so when you have the luxury of the spider cam which we have for not many, not many games, but it changes the whole perspective the greatest, of it. Yeah. I know after the play ends because of the twenty-second play clock, it's moving so quickly. We can go to Spider Cam first, and it's going to have the play, and it's going to have a great look at the play. Then I, I, it's up to my the ISO director Dennis Baluyad, who says, "Hey, it's great on gold as well. Yep. Hey, and silver if there's time." And so that's the way the sequence goes. Where it's you know Spider Cam is always orange. I mean I know this is getting over. the <laughs> No no it's
0: great. This is the stuff that I think people need to to realize how difficult this is to make look smooth. Yeah, it's right? well it's
1: because it's moving so fast. Yes, that's why. And you know I'll I'll date myself. Uh, I'm pretty old, but uh, you know ninety four is when I worked my first game. Right. Okay. I didn't really understand what I was doing for the first two years. I was an ISO director and. Uh, you know, you're you're actually kind of playing the game because you're gambling on which guys you put cameras on often. Right. Um, and for the first couple of years, I didn't know what I was doing. Now, having been around it this long, it's it's it, through osmosis you, you learn a lot of it. And that type of that helps slow it down, even though it is extremely fast. It does help to slow the whole thing down um, to to a level where you know you're comfortable doing it. I mean, it's right. I. Anybody who just sat in and tried to do it for the first time would be like someone trying to do anything for the first yeah. time. It is mission control, though, right? Like it is. Yeah, you're, you're there's a lot of that. There's, there's a lot of, you know, five or six people talking to you at the same time and stuff like that, but that's just part of it, part and parcel of it.
0: Uh, I guess the last one that I'll ask you here is I, I know from hanging out with you, you've got stories on stories on stories on stories. I've got a few. Uh, is there anything, uh, as we're here in Hamilton specifically, that jumps out to you about a Hamilton, Grey Cup a Hamilton experience that, that you have? Love being able to be a part of?
1: Um, well, uh, in 1972, when Hamilton hosted their first Grey Cup, back then, uh, the older people will remember this, the East, to yes. get to the Grey Cup, Hamilton and Ottawa was a two-game total yep. point. And the Ticats lost the first game 197 in Ottawa. I went to the second game at Ivor Wynn. I was seven years old. Uh, that was the Garney Henley, uh, Angela Mosca, Chuck Ealy, Tony Gabriel team. And uh, so I was there for that. So 70, that was my first Grey Cup party I remember watching on TV. And then the Grey Cup didn't come back until 96. And I was in the stands for that game with my brother and his wife, and the snow and the Flutie, McManus and Eddie Brown, all that stuff. Where were you sitting? Uh, I was probably on about the 20 yard line uh, about halfway up in the in the Eddie Brown end zone side, or the opposite? no no I was in the uh, I was in the press box side. Remember yeah, the old okay. nine hundred CHML press <laughs> box on that side. That, that's, yeah. that's that's the side I was on. That's so uh, I went to that one, and you know I'm I'm not afraid to admit I'm from Dundas. I'm a Ty Cat yeah. fan, and try not to let that show on our on our broadcast. does, but I'm a Ty Cat fan, yeah. and I in ninety nine I was in the stands again as a, because CBC used to do the games, but we used to always go out, right. watching the Ticats win the last Grey Cup they won. Yep. And then uh, I've got to do four Ticat Grey Cups. Uh, I think it's four. <laughs> Not, none of them have worked out the way they wanted. They've all been story worthy for various reasons. Yeah.
0: Yes. Well,
1: I, and I think the, the 2014 one when, uh, you know, the Tyler Reed block in the back on, yeah, the, yeah. on the punt, the Brandon Banks punt return was,
0: so you were producing that, correct? I was. Okay. Yeah. So tell tell me about the experience of that play specifically, and figuring out where to go. Like, do you remember the actual moment? Of, I do, guys. Yeah. What are like? What are we doing with replays here? What the hell's going on? How do we tell this story? Because that, to me, is live bullets in the realest of ways.
1: Yeah, and in a game determining situation right. too. So uh, the way that the, we were fortunate there, the flag went down early because okay. it was right at the point of attack. If you remember that block in the back. The happened. whole
0: run back, you're talking it through, saying, guys, we got to do Correct. this. Correct. The flag right. went
1: down right away, so we had a good idea what the flag was. It's like, what the, what's the best look at it? And by the time Banks had crossed the goal line, we had three replays ready to go that clearly, yeah. and sorry, Tyquet fans, I'm one of you, but clearly showed it was a block in the back at the point of attack and had to be called. They had no choice but to call that, and right. that basically decided the game.
0: It's amazing. Like, again, it's... I just enamored by the idea that the run back is happening we all get the iconic shot of speedy on his knees helmet off but by the time that you reach the end zone you're like yeah we got
1: silver purple orange we're good all right yeah we're good <laughs> and we're gonna show it and it's gonna break some hearts but uh well we had the same thing in 2009 with the 13th man so yeah true you're, you're just the game's just decided right there i've never seen anything like that where Last play of the game, the game was won. No, it wasn't. Flag and just and to hit to, for it to happen to that team in that environment. Um, you know, we were at McMahon. The place was 80 percent Rider fans, yeah. right? And it was uh, heartbreaking. I think would be the best way to describe that moment for, from a Saskatchewan standpoint. From our standpoint, it was it was incredibly exciting right. to have the game end that way because not only did all that drama go down but now they got to do another kick the kick goes through montreal wins and that was the first extended great cup post game we had done because in 2008 our first great cup we didn't have multiple feeds back then we just had one and two and we had an nfl obligation so we showed we basically showed the trophy presentation and now let's take you to the second half of sunday night football because that used to be part of it that was part of our nfl agreement on sunday nights we'd show the game but now that we have great cup we get a you know we can put it on different feeds and and stuff like that on sunday nights so amazing
0: well i uh, i could stand here and talk with you memories and stories and production and how the hell you do your job cuz i still don't understand it fully the whole time but uh, i just want to say thank you for fitting us in on a busy week for you i know it's a lot of fun for you getting recognized and all the rest and then you're going to lock in and go into fighter pilot mode and do what you do but uh, it's it's a crazy week and you handle it as well as anybody that i've seen do it man so thank you right thanks buddy thanks. Appreciate, appreciate it appreciate you. it's
1: going to be great